Since bread and water is so easily turned into tea and toast, there's always time to partake with a friend. I'm Jennifer Stowe from Three Sisters Tea Room. And I'm Julia Stowe from Blossom Arts. Sharing tea for a moment today because life is beautiful. Welcome to Tea and Toast. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk today. We have a, a fun topic coming up. We're going to be talking about ways to use tea beyond the teacup. That sounds exciting. I mean, is there really any need to go beyond <laughs> the teacup? But there are some uses, and I'm sure you'll have some great insight from an herbal perspective as well. But, uh, you know, as before we get started with our tea talk, I thought uh, I'd like to just find out what you're drinking today. I'm drinking chai. It's probably my favorite blend right now from Firepot Chai up in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And it's very heavy on the cardamom, which is the best part of chai, apart from the tea. So it's very delicious. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking today? Well, before we get on to me, I want to ask you a question or two about your chai. <laughs> uh, does it have chocolate in it? No chocolate. Okay. Okay. This, this I... is a, the tea, not the... Um, Cacao nibs one. Okay. Okay. And also, I was looking at your mug. You're not drinking out of a teacup today. Oh, I'm not drinking out of a teacup. But this is a very happy mug. Oh, good. This is one that you gave me, and it has the first lines from many, many classic books on it. So it's always a bit of a puzzle. You can read all the book quotes while you're uh, enjoying your tea. Right. I see. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times from, yes. of course, Dickens' Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two Cities. And I see Call Me Ishmael. From Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Yeah. We could just sit here and have a little class all on book time. Two book things combined. That's true. Tea and books. Well, I am drinking a beautiful, very light, flowery oolong. As you well know, oolongs are probably my favorite tea. Yes. But the variety within oolong is just remarkable. It goes all the way from a pale, light, greenish type tea all the way to a very, very dark, strong, robust black tea, although they both still are truly oolongs and they don't fall into any other category. But today I'm drinking a, a rather green oolong from Charities mm -hmm. out of Sandy, Oregon. And it is very floral and light and delicious. And what I have sitting in front of me is the steeped tea leaves. Beautiful tea leaves. Beautiful. Uh, they came tightly round, uh, rolled into balls, but when they steep, I have a stem and four large leaves. And of course, oolong are made from the larger leaves anyways, but you would never imagine in that tightly uh, wound little ball that this beauty would be waiting inside they to be released. Beautiful. And I'm drinking out of a rather special mug myself. <laughs> uh, this is a Camilla Sinensis mug that you designed for the tea room. Yes. It has our logo on it and one of your botanical hand drawings of a Camilla sinensis plant and it's one of my favorites. In addition to this wonderful tea that I'm enjoying them all, I brought up a little snack for us today. Yeah, it's a very delicious little snack. Yes, and it's a, a toffee recipe that you made for me for a Christmas gift. And what I love especially about it is that you infuse tea into the toffee. Uh, so what you took was my new favorite breakfast tea, which is a French breakfast tea from Elmwood Inn. Mm -hmm. And if you've never had 
French breakfast tea. I encourage you to ha try it. It's a lot more delicate than mm -hmm. an uh, English breakfast and certainly than an <laughs> Irish or a Scottish breakfast tea. It's a little lighter in color. It's m a little bit more like a Darjeeling mm -hmm. uh, weight in your mouth. Uh, very delicate. And so you infused, apparently. Tell me how you do it. Yes. Um, I steeped very strong French breakfast tea. I drank a little bit while I was cooking and it was a little <laughs> too strong for drinking. But I was trying to get the flavor strong enough and then use that as the water that was called for in the toffee recipe. Okay, so. okay. And I think if I had tried it with a lapsang or a really um, unique flavored mm -hmm. tea like that that had a much stronger flavor, it would be really a delicious toffee as well. This one has just a very, very slight tea flavor. Well, that's true. I eat it often, a lot of it, and I'm trying to taste the tea. And I can't say that I truly taste a tea flavor, although there's something there that's different than your regular toffee. But if you had taken maybe one of my favorite smoky oolongs mm -hmm. or dark oolongs or your Lapsang Souchong, that would be an excellent uh, idea because we would taste that smoke. Yes. Uh, quality in the toffee, which I think would be a perfect pairing. I think it would be too. For the French breakfast tea toffee, you kind of have to think about it in That's order to true. taste it. I like that. <laughs> and of course you covered it with delicious chocolate. I love it. So I thank you very much for that gift. And next I thought uh, you might have a little cultural recommendation to share with us. Well, I was thinking about this today and one of my favorite new arts, I guess, it's not a hobby, I consider it an art form, is knitting. And you've been an amazing knitter for years and made me many beautiful things that I wear often. Uh, but I have not been a very good knitter. <laughs> and so uh, it's been really fun. I'm making a very basic hat right now, but it's very satisfying out of mm -hmm. some lovely wool. And we also have a Three Sisters project coming up that you have inspired all of us to get started on. Yes, uh, both um, as a family and also as a tea room. Yes. I'll start with our family idea first. Uh, the three of you girls do know how to knit and you are a good knitter. <laughs> you just probably need to knit Practice. more. So we decided we would all make an ugly sweater. <laughs> And the ugly part was just coincidental. It's actually a very basic knitting sweater pattern that anybody can do if they have just a couple of basic stitches under their belt. But it's on very large needles with very large yarn. And that's kind of where the ugly part comes in. But we're all gonna make it together piece mm -hmm. by piece and put it together and then we will have completed a project. And I think that you girls will have a lot of confidence once we finish those sweaters. I think so too. And I think they're going to be beautiful just yes. because we're going to be trying to make them beautiful. We will. And also I kind of thought that they could be our trademark sweater to wear on our walking club because oh. we also this year, this past year, started a Three Sisters walking club. And we generally try to go out once or twice a month mm -hmm. and, and walk somewhere between five and six or seven miles. Mm -hmm. And we've Sometimes actually... Sometimes on very chilly days. Yes, so we would need our sweater. And so that's a possibility of using our ugly sweaters. They'll be practical. 
even if they're not pretty. That's right. And that's a good thing. So, but the other part of our, the tea room part of our knitting uh, project is that uh, we are going to start having uh, a knitting circle in the tea room where people can come and work on knitting projects and get a little bit of help if they need some help with their projects and they can have tea and scones as well and visit. But I also hope that as a tea room group, we can work on a couple of philanthropic type knitting mm -hmm. projects. One is hats for soldiers and you and I have done many of those. In fact, you're in the middle of one, doing right, one now. right now, which is lovely. And the other project is little teddy bears for children and they use these in the pediatrics unit mm -hmm at hospitals and even the police department sometimes will have a need for them mm -hmm. and I've got resources to send them different places and also patterns for the projects and they're and they're both very easy projects so mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that we can uh, make a lot of those and send them off. I think that's going to be wonderful. Yeah yeah so that's good. But anyways, we could get on with what we're supposed to be talking yes, about today. Well, we already really mentioned one way to use tea beyond a teacup, and that's with our delicious toffee. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, one use of tea beyond the teacup is cooking with tea. That is such a hot topic right now, such a big subject that I think we actually should save that specific use for a whole podcast unto itself, okay? Well, that will be fun. <laughs> okay. But if we were to look at our beloved beverage, uh, we see <laughs> that there's one excellent use for tea, and that's, of course, what we're doing right now, and that's drinking tea and visiting together, right? There's nothing better than that. But the liquid and the leaves, which I have sitting in front of us right here, the, the steeped leaves of the tea plant, have many uses beyond drinking. And that's what I thought we'd talk about today. And one of the big ways that you and I like to use uh, used tea leaves is as a fertilizer. And you can just collect the used tea leaves, whether they're loose leaf, like what I have in front of me right now, or tea bags, and compost them. You just put them in a bucket and Eventually, every once in a while, you just add a little water to them, and that water steeps, and you can pour that off onto your acid-loving plants. Mm -hmm. Plants like hydrangeas <laughs> that are acid-loving and will actually change the color of their blooms based on their soil mm -hmm. composition, it's very fun to, plant, uh, to pour the composted tea uh, around the base of those plants. Also, blueberries are acid-loving plants, and that's a great place to put your tea compost or your compost tea. Uh, azaleas, camellias, hibiscus, uh, rhododendrons, they all love this. So that it's just a great way to reuse it. You can also take your loose leaves or your tea bags, tear them bags open, and just put the leaves around the base of the plants. And every time it rains, they get a nice little fertilizer of um, from the tea. If you put these tea leaves around the base of the plant as well, little invaders like mice and parasitic insects, they don't like the smell of tea. And so they will tend to stay away. So that leads me right into a uh, household <laughs> use for tea. If you have trouble with mice and little insects inside the house, you can put tea bags in the corner of cupboards, 
closets, crawl spaces, etc. Mm -hmm. And if you put a few drops of uh, essential oil, like peppermint essential mm -hmm. oil, certain types of scents these animals don't like or insects don't like. So you can push it a little bit further for as far as effectiveness goes. And that would be unsteeped tea bags, correct? That you'd put around? No, actually, we would use steeped tea bags that have been thoroughly dried. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, the same tea bag that has a little bit of peppermint essential mm -hmm. oil on it, you could change that essential oil and maybe make it lavender or lemon. And now you have an air freshener. And in this case, you might want to take a few drops of your favorite essential oil and put it in your um, underwear drawer or in a sweaters that you store for the winter or in your closet on a string hanging amongst your wool jackets or something like that. And it does give it a nice freshness. So an air freshener is a good use for a tea bag as well. But again, these are typically used tea bags that are thoroughly dried. If you put a little bit of a damp tea bag in there, you run the risk of mold, especially in our humid and that's climate. that's not gonna be an air freshener. <laughs> that's not a good air freshener, no, no. Well, that's a few uses for the tea bag and the loose leaf as well. But what about the liquid? Mm -hmm. If you were to steep a weak black tea and mix it with a little vinegar and rubbing alcohol, you now have an excellent glass and chrome cleaner oh. so, and mirrors, things like that. And uh, your different appliances. I don't know if anyone still has chrome toasters, but <laughs> that would be a good one. Or uh, the um, faucet and, and the handles for the tap, those things are excellent to wash with this solution of black tea vinegar and alcohol. It also works on countertops and such. Not really a disinfectant cleaner, remember, mm -hmm. but you know, just a, a nice uh, sparkler. It'll make <laughs> your appliances sparkle. One thing that people don't often think about using tea for when I say beyond the teacup, but as soon as I mention it, everybody goes, oh, of course, is using tea to dye things. Yes. We often refer to tea staining. Yes. Okay. Uh, like sometimes you girls would do crafts where you might want to tea stain some fabric. To age it or to make it look like it's uh, not stark white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And even I think sometimes we did some parchment paper. Oh, I love doing paper. Yes. yes. So you can make again a, a solution and you can make it as strong or as weak as you like depending on the color tone you want to the fabric or the paper to pick up. You can do an oolong, you can do an herbal. We did some with hibiscus tea. Yes, uh, made a beautiful purple mm -hmm. pink color, yes. Yep. So lots of choices there. There are even people who take that a step further and do paintings with tea, correct? Oh yes, they'll actually use these steeped liquids as a type of watercolor paint yes. and make beautiful paintings out of it. Especially we, of teacups. <laughs> we should have a class on that one day, find somebody who can oh, teach us so how to fun. do it. Um, and other than that, the biggest use for tea beyond the teacup that I think has value is in the health and beauty department. For example, just like you took the liquid from the toffee recipe mm -hmm. and instead of making it water, you made it a strong brew of tea. If you're making soap or lotions, mm -hmm. you can take the liquid requirement 
for those recipes and in our case our soap recipe calls for goat's milk or a lot of people's calls for water mm -hmm. and you can do a, a steeped tea for that portion as well and you can get creative there you can use green tea because a lot of people like green tea soaps but you could also do a chai and maybe impart some of the scent as well into the tea or uh, you could do um, a, a, a just a English breakfast tea and you could have an English breakfast bar soap which would be kind of fun or of course any range of herbals but, oh, yes but that's of getting away from the tea subject but not at all no I think that's a really brilliant idea a peppermint tea would be a really good choice or um, just some of your um, grassy flowery <laughs> a chamomile yes. you know a lavender bud something like roses. that roses rose petals would be elegant and very yeah. very subtle so that's a really fun use um, before you get started making your soap brew uh, brew yourself or steep yourself a strong cup of an herbal or a, a, a black or green tea or a combination or a combination and try it but th just remember it smells so strong in our cup, mm -hmm. but that's going to be very subtle in your finished product. And if you do lotions, like you make all mm -hmm. of our lotions, and I know there's a lot of water that goes into that, there again, that could be a tea mm -hmm. or an herbal. Mm -hmm. In addition to uh, those ideas, because of the um, tannins in tea, now again, I'm talking about uh, Camilla sinensis yes. tea instead of herbals in this case, uh, it has a tightening, toning effect on the skin. So if people have a bug bite, or um, maybe men have razor burn from shaving their face, or um, there are, maybe they have sunburn, something like that, you can take cooled black tea or green tea, mm -hmm. and uh, you, can, you can make yourself a cup and then stick it in the refrigerator, and just to have on hand, and dip a cotton ball in it and then apply it to the irritated area and it kind of quiets that fiery burn that the skin can sometimes have. Um, if children have pink eye or I guess anybody can have pink eye, of course you're going to treat it medically but then you're going, you can also take a cotton ball and dip it into a cool tea solution and just put it over the eyes for comfort measures. Um, fever blisters, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Just it's very, it works very well. Um, also, you can take that same cotton ball and just use it all over your face as a toner. Well, tea is a really nice, gentle astringent, mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. perfect for um, a daily toner like that, even in a spray bottle if you don't want to put it on a cotton ball. That's a lovely idea, Julia. In fact, with that idea of spraying the cool tea on your face, for example, um, sometimes. Our eyes are puffy, mm -hmm. maybe from crying or from even <laughs> from lack of sleep mm -hmm. or eye strain. And you could just kind of spray your around your face and your eyes and then kind of put those cooled cotton balls right over your eyes for further comfort. Um, just kind of breathe deeply and rest for a couple of minutes and I'm sure you'll feel refreshed. <laughs> One fun thing that we have done many times is we've made something we've privately called a toe tea. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a foot soak. And I really love to use some of my lesser favorite teas or um, sometimes tea bags that I haven't liked. Mm -hmm. 
and throw them into a really warm basin of water and then let them steep and soak my feet in it. And the reason I say this is a great idea to do with teas that you don't really like, or maybe old teas, you know how sometimes we get to the bottom of the tea bag um, or our canister and it's just kind of powdery, it's no longer tea yes. leaves. Oh, I'll dump that into my warm water and you can really finish up. Yes. <laughs> some of your remnants in the cupboards and just soak your feet in them for 15 or 20 minutes and it's good because for one thing we know that tea eliminates odors so if that's a problem <laughs> that'll help but also just the fact of soaking your feet in general is so therapeutic and calming and uh, the tea helps uh, soften the skin a little bit. It'll help draw draw out nail fungus, and it also nourishes the skin. Yes. So it's a little better than just plain water to soak it in. Um, one thing that I've used tea for a fair amount recently, you make me lovely uh, weakened weak tea rinses for my hair yes. and we do a little black tea and a little sage because personally I'm trying to cover a little bit of the gray that's starting to show up in my hair and I have found the tea really just um, softens it a little bit. I'm very happy with that. I've got to do that every time I shampoo my hair. So a weak tea Rinse after you wash your hair will cover up mild gray hair and it also helps control dandruff, it's good for your scalp, so it's got uh, some other benefits. But um, I have to say, all of these uses just make me love tea all the more. <laughs> and, but uh, my favorite way to use tea is still sitting across this table, sipping it with you. I agree. And I love what you said with the foot soak about using maybe the older teas uh -huh. or something like that. Because it, uh, you know, you may not want to use your favorite oolong <laughs> for some of these beyond the teacup uses, but it is a great way to make you feel like you've gotten every last bit of goodness out of your tea. But <laughs> I agree. The best way is to enjoy it with you. Yes. So anyways, thanks so much, Jules, for talking with uh, me today. And we're so happy that everyone could join us. And we look forward to having our next podcast. Thank you, Mom. Thank you for listening to Tea and Toast. I'm Jennifer Stowe of Three Sisters Tea Room. And I'm Julia Stowe of Blossom Arts. Find us online at threesisterstearoom.com or blossomartstn.com and on Facebook. Thank you for joining us.